Welcome back to Teaching the Unteachables, where we dive into methods for teaching and learning for professionals like you. All right, so Patrick Murphy, let's dive a little deeper into some topics that are very important to you. Where shall we start today? Well, let's start off with uh, teaching the unteachable. A uh, quick little background, I spent seven years in a classroom after being a contractor and um, you know, a technician and various other things in the industry. And I did wind up in the classroom with the usual routine of here's the keys. <laughs> but in the state that I was teaching in, they did also require you to spend a year, one night a week with teaching management uh, skills. Oh, really? And as Ty Brenneman said just a few weeks ago, everybody's going to have a good day and a bad day. Right. Um, but it's it's the instructor's responsibility to be efficient and thorough. And that's all part of education and generating good circumstances that the student may have in any issue. Right. Now, I took that a step further naturally and got myself in a little trouble because <laughs> I actually used to write into my lesson plans the irate boss day. Okay, and what is that? What it really was was, you know, the boss got out of bed, he stepped on the dog. When he was making his coffee, you know, he made it wrong. It was too sweet. He's drinking it in the car on the way to the office, slams on the brakes, spills some on himself, gets stopped by a cop. And when he gets in the office, there's one of his men laying on the sheet metal table, <clears throat> hungover, and the boss is not happy. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. And bosses do start to scream and yell at times. Right. Uh, but hey! when you're in the classroom, how do you how do you approach that and not really um, wind up being in trouble for using yeah, colorful exactly. language? How do you professionally address that? Because it's a so, different environment in the classroom than what it was, say, at the shop. Yeah, it's a totally different environment. What I used to literally do was write into my lesson plans the irate boss day. And I would come in for that day and I would just be a pain in the neck. Now, what are you doing <laughs> it that way for? That's not the right way to do it. Right. You know better than that. Fine. Come on. You know. But what it really boiled down to was, you know, you'll have circumstances where the students who have never been yelled at will have an instance where if you raise your voice, they leave your class. They right. just drop Might out of the threatened. program. Yeah. And somehow you have to go back out and get them out of the hallway and say, listen, you know, bosses are going to do this. They are going to yell and scream at times. I had one guy, um, he was in the class, and we got him a job, job shadowing. He was late for work every day for the first week that he was there. Oh, geez. He came back into the classroom. The boss called me up, and when he came back into the classroom, I took one look at him, and I said, do you know why you were just fired? He said, I didn't do anything wrong. I said, well, I do know what you did wrong. You're supposed to show up on time. Be ready to work. That was 8 o'clock for your company. Yeah. You showed up after 8 o'clock every day with your McDonald's breakfast. You got to leave early enough to have your breakfast before you get there so you're ready to work. He unfortunately couldn't understand that, and that was one of the reasons he was let go from that particular job. Um, had another one where this young man shows up, first day of school, he's late. And I just look at him and I say, you know, you, you, you got to get in here on time. 
Right. Because be this is your job. This class for the next two years, 180 days each year, is your job. You show up mm. on time. First thing you did on my grading sheet was if you showed up on time and were at your desk and ready to go, you got five points. Check. And your, your paycheck was that total for every day. Oh, nice. Well, that's so, put an interesting perspective. What used to happen was if, you know, if you showed up on time, you were ready to go, you already earned five points. Mm -hmm. In this instance, he showed up late the first day. Shows up late the second day. And I raise it up a notch. You know, you got to be in here on time. Third day, he shows up late and I say, get up here. And he gets up next to me and I say, why are you late? And he mumbles in my ear. And I asked him again, why are you late? And he mumbles again. And I asked him a third time, and he finally said in a loud enough voice, because I had to take my son to the school's um, nursery. Hmm. And I looked at him, I said, how old is your son? Right. He said, three months. And my entire body just shook. Yeah, kind of changes the perspective a little bit. This, this young man was 16 years old. Wow. And by the end of the class, he was the best kid in the class. Right. But during that year, we had circumstances where, you know, a couple of times he would call up and say, um, I, I can't make it to class today. The, um, the babysitting service is, is closed today for some reason. Sure. You know, it's not there. Well, after once or twice, I said, bring the baby in. We'll put the baby in the office. And we will take care of the baby while you continue to learn the subject. Mm -hmm. He couldn't believe it that I would do that. And naturally, I checked ahead of time to make sure it was okay. Yeah. Because you don't want to break clear with school, school policies. Yeah. Yes. And he, he, he wound up being an absolutely fantastic student. <laughs> so you, you have circumstances where, you know, you have to work with the student, even though there's tough to teach and they're unteachable in some instances um you mentioned the other day phones yeah on one of the um yeah it's a big thing shows. yeah a lot of our teachers are struggling with how do you handle phones in a classroom it depends upon the school's right protocols now when i was in the classroom phones were totally forbidden and I had one student who literally, when I told him to put the phone away for the fourth or fifth time, he told me he was going to have his big brother talk to me. <laughs> so, you know, he wasn't unteachable, but right. he just had, you know, he had this a different chip mindset. on his shoulder. And that chip on his shoulder made it very tough to get through to him. So you have to go through these things and have these written plans in place beforehand so you know what you're doing with your students that's over and above what you're going to be teaching them mm -hmm. because you have to handle all the different circumstances that they're going to run into out there in the field and that may have been one of the things I was least prepared for when I started teaching is that it's not just a teaching role. I mean, you're becoming a mentor for these, you know, young minds. And um, you, we're not always taught that that's going to be part of our expectation is that we're teaching, but we are mentoring and we are learning and developing these young minds. And there's so much depth to it. Yes. And one of the advantages I had in my classroom was that I had a... Um, 
well, a multiple multiple culture classroom. Yeah. In regard to, I had high school students, all the way up to um, guys whose factories had closed and they were being retrained. Sure, absolutely. State funds, and literally one day, I, I couldn't find this one student. His seat was filled. He was sixty years old. Wow. And I go looking all over the classroom for him. I finally get down to his seat and I look. And I go, Victor, is that you? And he looks up at me, he goes, yeah. I said, what did you do? He said, I was tired of sticking out in front of the um, the other students. He said, so I dyed my hair. Really? Yes. Okay, to blend yeah. in. That's how diverse my classroom was. Sure. And you have to work with all of them. Some of the students you know, that are older also act as mentors in the classroom and you know when you start to consider where most of the training takes place in the industry it's usually not in the classroom unfortunately right it's usually guys having a um discussion at the counter of the supply house Mm. and unfortunately sometimes those discussions lead to the wrong information yeah absolutely um, and that's that's one of the things you have to counter as going out because I didn't only just teach in a classroom. Eventually, I wound up spending five years teaching on the road for a major manufacturer. And you'd get into a circumstance where you have 40 people in the room with various mm-hmm. different um, levels of experiences education. and education. Yeah. And experiences. And you would you'd wind up having to. Um, explain some things that were very basic that you shouldn't really have to explain at the top of the level. So, right. you know, we, we all have to engage the, um, the students. And uh, when I say students, it's at all levels, all ages, um, all experiences. We, we, we are also entertainers. <laughs> One of the reasons, you know, we have to be entertainers is we have to keep their attention. Yeah, absolutely. Especially with uh, our younger generations that have a very short attention span. Yes. And one of the problems I found actually in the classroom was that some of the students never took notes. Oh, sure. And we had other instructors who literally used to um, grade their notebooks. I was like, oh, why do I want to grade a notebook when it's it's so much work and so much extra work? And I finally looked at this one student one day and I said, you know, you never take a note. Why? Right. He said, I listen very carefully. He said, if I stop to write notes down, I lose your train of thought. And I get totally lost and I never can get it back. Well, that's an interesting perspective. So there. You, you have to work with all the different students and sure you have to learn that information very quickly in the classroom right because it's it's critical that you tailor all your training to the student whether that student's at the top of his game or at the bottom of his game and then you hope that all the students working together will teach each other because that's the way out in the field that it really goes is because they're teaching each other when they're working in on the job 
And that's it. When you get out in the field, you know, you know who is weak and who is strong in certain topics. And when you get stuck on one, you know, you know who you're calling. Yes. So building that camaraderie, we've talked about that a little bit, is building the camaraderie in the classrooms. Is there any ways that you can encourage building that camaraderie? Well, to encourage that camaraderie, you have to make sure that they, they all understand that they're, they're going to go out in the field and they're going to work with older people and younger mm-hmm. people. And they have to be tolerant of each other. (laughs) That's a tough thing to teach. Yeah. You have to allow them to have some fun. You have to allow them to joke a little bit. You have to allow them to um, go off the the range a few times. Sure. I will literally tell you one time I was playing a video. All right. And they're all supposed to be watching the video. And the video kept stopping and starting and... You know, I couldn't figure out what was going on. I figured the, you know, the VCR machine was bad or something like that. Mm-hmm, sure. This was a little bit before you know, we could use computers and right. everything else. And they're all giggling. They're laughing. They're having a great old time. And I finally saw one guy in the front of the classroom with his hand on his wrist. He had hmm. a watch that would control the VCR. <laughs> a programmable remote watch. I, okay. I looked at this and I just, I started to crack up. I, yeah. I, I was like, what, what am I going to do with you? Yeah. <laughs> a number of years later, when I was out in the field doing tr- manufacturer training, uh-huh. there he was. Probably still with technology too, I bet. Still with technology, still doing HVACR work. Mm-hmm. And I, when I saw him going to be in the classroom, I said, um, <clears throat> I want your watch. And everybody, everybody was like, <laughs> nobody had an idea. Watch right. for? I said, listen, and I told the story to yeah, the I rest know this of the guy. group of 30 or 40 people. And they right. said, he did what? Said, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you have to be tolerant. You have to let them work together. You have to let them teach each other. But you also have to be right there to um, work at correcting some of those mistakes. Sure. I think that was probably the thing I was most ill-prepared for was understanding how to control that classroom and understanding that we're not there just to learn the technical side. You know, a lot of people can teach the technical. Being a good educator in a classroom is about being able to manage people as well as manage your content. Yes. Um, a lot to unpack yes. in that. You know, that, that, that softening your senses routine. Yeah. You know, in the, in the, unfortunately, in the state I taught in and it's not unfortunate but there was a requirement if you saw abuse of some nature you had to report it and sure this one, i did have to report but i had a student and he was constantly falling asleep mm. and i moved him to the front of the classroom saying right. maybe he just needs more reinfor- reinforcement and such and after i don't know how many days i finally asked him to come come into my office and close the door. I said, what's going on? And he sheepishly looks at me and he goes, um, my parents are making me sleep in the garage. Really? And now I'm like, oh, right. Now it's time to dive a little deeper. I have to go. I have to go report this. I said, why? And he said, well, I've been going out and hanging out with my buddies till one or two o'clock in the morning. I went, oh, okay. (laughs) Wait a minute here. This is, this is, um, Something it might that, be self-inflicted. Something that, uh, unfortunately, you're, you're inflicting on yourself. Yeah. You, think you could go to work tomorrow after being out till 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning and properly run all the refrigerant tubing? He said, right. well, no, I guess not. I said, well, that would be a problem. 
I said, especially for the other guys working with you, because you would become a safety hazard. Absolutely. Which is another thing you have to teach. The safety in the classroom is is critical to make sure nobody gets hurt. There were many instances where I had to ask guys to take off, you know, their their necklaces. Mm-hmm. Now you you know you wouldn't think gold chains hanging around guys' necks is a problem, but I said when you lean over and you've got a condenser fan in front of you. I said, you don't want that gold chain to get caught in the condenser fan. Yeah, absolutely. Boy, that's a mess. Said, you don't to want happen. to damage the gold, you know, the gold chain. <laughs> right. And they look at me and go, well, what about the fan? I said, I'm not worried about the fan. I'm worried about the chain getting caught in the fan and it pulling your face into it. Exactly. And that's, you know, that's just one of the things that you, you run into. Um, sometimes doing things like, you know, you're out in the field and you use an experience from the field to teach the students in the classroom mm-hmm. by saying, look, there's a leak somewhere in your system. You have to find it. Now, in our classroom, we had 30 condensing units set up with um, coils in boxes with uh, plastic on the front of it. And you know, I could I could create a leak, which I did more than once. But every sure. year they they had to pipe them out. They were allowed to see what was there. Then they had to tear all the piping out, and they had to repipe it. And they were most of the time very successful at it. But they would get leaks, and I always arrived a little early. And there was more than once somebody um, wound up with a loose wire, a loose flare nut. Or if we were doing electrical, a loose electrical connection or a changed electrical connection, nothing safety issue, but just enough so that we knew they were gaining the experience looking for leaks. Because I had one circumstance where years ago, we leak checked a system that had been installed in a supermarket for three days. Mm, Ooh, I tell you what, let's let's turn this one into another show. Uh, This is one we can dive deep into just on that one. Okay. So Patrick Murphy, thank you so much for joining us today. And uh, yeah, we'll come right back and have a deep dive into one of our tales from the trenches. Thanks, Gordon. Talk to you later.